yesterday. I want to talk some, have some remarks coming out of the last part of the Philippians passage. Yesterday I was sitting at a, a lunch table next to the Apple office building. My wife had disappeared in there. She has an Apple phone that needed healing hands. And so she went in there and um, they had not been able to heal her phone. We have hope. But in the meantime, while I'm waiting for her, I'm sitting at this lunch table. Young woman on the other side of the table, we got into a little bit of a conversation, but what was more interesting was young man and woman, probably in the mid-twenties, sitting on the wall behind me. And somewhere in the conversation, he asks her, they're, they're not boyfriend-girlfriend, they're just co-workers. He asks her, well, what do you, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years from now? She goes, what? I don't think that far ahead. Five years from now? You know, all sorts of things could have changed between now and then. It was far different than when I was her age. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but I knew what I was going to be doing. Of course, the confidence of youth, or the ignorance of youth. So, where are you going to be at five years from now? Got me thinking. Whole idea of eyes forward, looking into the future a little bit, or pressing on, Paul says, toward the goal that, he, that God has set for him. So where are you going to be at in five years? Hmm, well, let's see. Keep that in mind for later. This afternoon, I attended a funeral for a man who had been a pastor for 60 years. A lot of people there. A lot of old pastors like me there because we'd known him. He was very... Very friendly, very well known, very well received. And there we were reminded that when we die in the Lord, God receives us with a well done, good and faithful servant. So, in light of what I'm going to talk about tonight, is your life's goal to have a nice funeral? Lots of people there. Lots of, you need lots of food, too. That, that comes afterwards, right? You need lots of food. So they go away thinking, that was a great funeral because we got lots of good food. Is that the end of your life? Or is there anything beyond it? All those people gathered for the funeral this afternoon were convinced that there is life after death. There is something beyond the grave. And that makes a big difference, doesn't it? Because in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul points out that if Christ be not raised from the dead, we are foolish for believing in him. If we eat, drink, and be merry, and then we die, that's it. Why spend time here? But Christ is raised from the dead. And that means there is some kind of existence, some kind of accountability that waits for us beyond our death, our physical death. Hmm. What's our goal? What's our goal in life? 
or just what do you want to accomplish in the next five years? Well, we want to be healthy, financially secure, good relationships, right? Some basics. Guaranteed? I don't think so. Why not? Because there are a whole lot of things beyond our control. Once in a while, I look at the news, and I'll pay attention to what's in the newspaper, and I go, the world's still scary. It's never stopped being scary. It's just that we have more immediate news and more news about more events, and we are threatened with being overwhelmed with fear. Where are we going to be at in five years? See, you, lack, you, you, you asked a certain segment of the population that a week ago, they were going to be celebrating in Las Vegas. They didn't anticipate not living beyond the end of the week. Hmm. Do you want to be with the Lord? Not, we're not signing up a busload tonight, okay? But do you want to be with the Lord? Eventually? Want to live with Him? That means we need to refocus priorities and values. A few years ago, my wife and I were living in the San Diego County area. And in 2003, a wildfire started this part of town and went around that, that side of town. And four years later, it started over here and went around that side of town. So we had plenty of opportunities to think about those things that are truly valuable to us. First time, a little scarier, because we could feel the, the wind pushing the sparks right toward where we were living. So we packed up our two vehicles and headed out. Uh, I took my French horn and my golf clubs. And she was not able to take her piano. But she grabbed photo albums and important papers. What would you grab? What would you take with you? If there was a distinct possibility your house was going to get burned, what would you take with you? Pets, children, well, at least some of the children, okay? If the pets hadn't run away, you grab them and take them with you. Sentimental value, passports, good stuff like that. Priorities. Where are you going to be five years from now? And what do you want to, what is important to you? And it will it still be important to you five years from now? Your faith, your faith community. Yes. What do you want to take with you into the future? Paul says he's going with Christ. He's pressing on to that goal. And he wants to prove to be as faithful to the Lord as possible. That he can say, my life has honored the Lord. And my life shows the mercy of God. It's interesting. He talks about himself being one untimely born. Actually, actually the Greek would say the afterbirth. Which is not a good thing. He doesn't think very highly of himself. He's got all these credentials. 
He's studied hard. He's gone to graduate school. He has proven to be successful in a lot of ways. But he says it's all garbage, basically. He says, I leave it all behind because it doesn't matter. The thing that matters is walking with the Lord, being faithful to him, honoring him with what we do and say and think day by day. The way we handle relationships, the way we do our jobs, the way we spend our money, what we do with our time, all reflect our focus on Jesus. Eyes forward. Forgetting all the shameful things we've done in the past because they have been forgiven. Church I'm at. Temporarily, part-time, sort of. They give me one week off a month. Called the lady the other day. Her husband died about a year ago, and she is feeling really, really bad. And she doesn't know some of what I know about her. She doesn't know that I know it. But she's feeling that some of what she's done in the past, because of what some of the things she's done in the past, that she doesn't deserve to feel better. That guilt still hangs over her head. She's been forgiven. She knows that. But that guilt continues to be carried by her like baggage. So Paul says, we can leave behind that stuff. For him, it was the shame of having persecuted the church. He can leave it behind, it's forgiven. God's dealt with it on the cross. And we can leave behind any accomplishments, any trophies, any certificates that we may have. And leave that behind too, because we're totally dependent on God on his acceptance, on his love. And leave it all behind and go into the future with Jesus. Because he calls us to follow him. Five years from now, where are we going to be? By God's grace, we'll be closer to heaven. Paul makes a, a statement that's almost one of those duh statements. He says, we're closer to the end of time than we were before. Well, yeah, if we see this whole world moving toward when God calls a halt to it and says, it's over, it's done with, it's time for a new earth and a new heaven. We know that we are getting closer to that day by day. Are we going with the Lord? Are we accepting his help, his power, his love to get us focused, eyes forward, looking down the road? He's not going to tell us what the future holds. We couldn't handle it. We just couldn't. But we know we go with him. It's the old story. 
You come up to a car that's being loaded up for a vacation, for a trip. Little kids are running around the car. You say, where are you going? Oh, we're going to Grandma's house. Do you know how to get there? No. But Daddy does. Jesus knows where we're going. He knows the way. And we're going with him. Eyes forward. Not fall back into ignorance and unbelief. Not fall back into laziness and lack of compassion. Not fall back into a refusal to honor God. But moving forward. What's today hold for me? Are we ready? Little story. Preschool teacher would take her class into the sanctuary occasionally, a little bit of chapel. And she had a question about some decoration that had been put up in church, so the pastor's son was in her class. And she said, so she said, Timmy, where are you? Wanted him to answer the question about what this was all about. And he said, here I am. Where do you want me? Isn't that a good response for us to God? Here I am, Lord. Where do you want me? Do you want me here? Do you want me there? Where do you want me? Show me the opportunities you have planned for me to touch the lives of others, to be stretched by dealing with them. The more I'm involved with people, the more I'm stretched, which is a good thing. Because there's also been a lot of scar tissue along the way because people have failed me as I have failed them. And if I'm continuing to be stretched, God keeps taking me along, sometimes pulling me along. That scar tissue gets stretched and becomes softer and more malleable. Eyes forward. Okay, Jesus, where are we going today? Lead me on. Our goal is heaven, eventually. And for that, we praise Jesus. And he carries us, and he encourages us, and he kicks us in the butt, and he gets us going the direction he wants us to go. Like out there, where other people are, who need to know what we know. God's love, God's forgiveness, God's joy, and God's peace. One of the great things I like about ending worship services, not only because they've come to an end, that's good too, isn't it? All good things come to an end. But time after time, go in God's peace. Are you experiencing peace at this point in your life? By God's grace, you can. Eyes forward. Go with God. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds through faith 
in Christ Jesus. Amen.